Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Before we get started, we're going to do something real quick. Sometimes we forget, but March is Pastor Appreci- Pastor's Wife Appreciation Month. Sometimes we forget, but we remember this month. So we have a little gift, a little basket that we've put together for our First Lady. And we have a card for her that I believe most everybody has signed, hopefully. And um, we just want to show her some love and appreciation because we do appreciate her and everything that she does for our assembly. That box, when you open it, it says, a lot of the stuff says, uh, you are queen. So, I thought it was cute. Come on, let's bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. There's no other name I know. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. Great to see everybody today. 
those watching by the means of live streaming. Welcome in. So thankful for you for tuning in today. I thought we would make some uh, announcements this afternoon. Saturday is the first, and that's our spring fan day that we have scheduled. But Lord willing, doesn't rain, the creeks don't rise. We're going to gather and spruce up the place around here good. So uh, we have made plans for Europe. We're going to have to participate. We're going to try to bring some bushes and maybe bring uh, some leaf blowers and uh, spruce it up, get some of the uh, wintertime debris out of the way, do some cleaning up around the property because they're beginning to get in bloom and grow, we want to get some uh, little branches uh, up and out of the way. We'll be having a uh, lawn mowed for us here in a short period of time, so we just we just want to uh, spruce up the place for this event that Saturday. We're going to do that from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., uh, good Lord willing, uh, to do that this coming Saturday. I do pray for the first. Don't forget, Bible study on Wednesday, uh, we'll be doing that at 7 p.m., so that study on our, uh, what transpires and happens with our soul in between and being caught up in this life and the Lord has not yet returned. What, what is going on? What does that process look like? Uh, and so that is what we are here to, and it's getting really interesting. It's really good. Uh, so don't miss this Wednesday. Uh, it's going to get gooder and gooder. <laughs> it's going to get gooder and gooder. So remember Bible study Wednesday. Also, because we are in the Sister Jennifer Nicholson had a birthday on the 24th, Thursday, or was that Friday? Well, happy, happy belated birthday, sister. this in mind, pray about this, seek the Lord about this. We know we have a thousand mowers going out in the uh, homes in this community, uh, down the church, four Easter Sundays, and occasionally two Easter Sundays. Uh, we want to know that we're having these four tents for all the children uh, after the Christmas Eve service. So uh, just please be in prayer for this. If you don't ask for it, uh, Easter Sunday service is one of the services that uh, most people try to attend. We want to know that's open for you. That's open for you. So just, you know, go before the Lord in prayer and 
said, you know, Chris, I'm really excited about this magazine. I'm really excited about this deal. It's about to be shipped. I said, man, I can't even stand here listening to you talk about it. You have this idea well in mind. I said, well, thank you. We first started doing this in our Sunday Baptist Church way back in 1977. Here today, everything remembered next year, next Sunday will be first Sunday of the month. I have two calendars up here, and I miss it very much. Uh, it'll be Missionary Sunday next Sunday. So that'll be April the 2nd. I hope you remember that. The next Sunday will be Missionary Sunday. Thank you very much, Brother Ron. I appreciate that. The, uh, our devotion this morning comes from the book of Colossians, in, uh, chapter 1, and we'll begin in with verse number 1. Colossians chapter 1, beginning with verse 19. It reads like this, it's, For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. There is no peace without the blood. It takes the blood to have peace. Hallelujah. Verse 21 said, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. Now, think about this. We were once alienated. We wasn't with Christ. And we were enemies in, in our minds. We were enemies. Like Paul said here, Paul, although he was zealous for the things of God, before that uh, trip on the road to Damascus where the bright light shone and he was blinded for a time period, he was an enemy of God, although he thought he was doing God's work. He was an enemy of God until that time. And Paul said here, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. Verse 22, In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that today. Just because the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, that, that I, he's going to present us holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight, not nobody else's sight. Hallelujah. His sight, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 23 said, If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, if you, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, a lot of people believe that you cannot move out, out of the way of following Christ when it comes to being saved. They believe once saved is always saved. I don't believe that today. I believe we can fall away from His will. We can we can fall away from Him. We can come back. He can reconcile us back. Hallelujah. But we can fall away from Jesus. Hallelujah. Paul said, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I'm so thankful this afternoon of these verses here that Paul wrote and said that the blood gives us peace and the and the blood that was shed on Calvary for Christ Jesus and it, it's his through his flesh through death to present us holy and blameless today. 
and above what approach in his sight. I'm so thankful that that causes me to want to worship him and glorify his yes, name. And let's right. do that this afternoon as Hello. we stand and the praise team comes. Let's worship the Lord wholeheartedly and give him glory and honor that is due his name today. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord.
you need today, reach out for it and believe for it. He can do it.
We believe.
holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That tomb is empty today. That tomb is empty. Hallelujah. 
And it's Jesus that can move the immovable. It's Jesus that can break the unbreakable. We just have to have faith in his name. We have to have faith in him today. Hallelujah. And sometimes our mind is a blocker of that faith. How, however innocent or uninnocent it may be, sometimes we block what Jesus is more than able to do. But our mind will block our faith. As long as we have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, He will move within our lives. But too many times, like in Scripture I read, it said our minds can be enemies. Our own mind can be the enemies against what the Lord's will is in our lives, in our family's lives. We have faith in Him. We have trust in Him. We, we believe that He's not in that tomb anymore. He will do in our life. He will work that miracle in our lives today if we just allow Him to do it and have that faith in Him. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. It's high time in the, in the church that we start putting the faith back where it belongs, not up in here, but in Christ Jesus. We think too much of our, of our own thinking and in our own mind. We are in, our minds are enemies of what the Lord wants to do. Hallelujah. I thank Him for His presence today and, and Him working this morning in worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the enemy has left today. Hallelujah. 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 Praise His holy name. Glory to the name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise His holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated if you're able. Hallelujah, glory to the name of the Lord. I grabbed this mic because it was brought to my attention that uh, for some reason that mic is not being heard on the live stream. Let's go. Hallelujah. Right. You want, you want to do a prayer call? All right. We're going to do a prayer call for Sydney. She has a surgery on tomorrow, so we're going to put a mark of prayer call for Sister Sydney right now, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise His holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise His holy name. Hallelujah. At this time, I'm going to ask the blessing of the tithes and offering for the week. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Father. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, 
We just give you praise and glory, Lord. Hallelujah for all things, Father. Hallelujah. Right now, Lord, as we receive it, this offering, Lord, for tithes and offering for the week, we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that, that you bless us, Father, each and every day. Give us the strength each and every day. And, Lord, as we receive this offering, just take it for the furthest use of your kingdom and let all glory come back to the mighty name of Jesus. In, in your name we offer and pray. Hallelujah. And everybody say? God bless you as you give this morning. Hallelujah. This is my desire. Sing it to Jesus right now. Like to say that I love the Lord today, and like each and every day, sometimes I fall, and ever since our mother's passed, I've kind of went backwards, and I've just been trying to get back into the light, and trying to get back into the right way of going, but the old devil, he's trying to pull me down, and he's putting these ailments on me and stuff, trying to make me feel like I'm no longer useful. And no longer desired and no longer to be around. And I know that's a lie. But Miss Mary, she came over and kick-started this fire. Ooh. I'm telling you now, this is a fire. Because I ain't felt this good in two or three weeks. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody ought to run for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Sister Angie, will he do it? Will he do it, Sister Angie? Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Hallelujah. All right, y'all simmer down now. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. That's un, unruly, rowdy folks. Hallelujah. Yeah, like Jesus done that got into you. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. I'm about like y'all. I can't hardly think straight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. We're going to have a special song this morning. We're going to worship the Lord one more time before we change the order of the service. Brother Kyle, Sister Marjorie is going to come on up. She she begged me to come up. So. <laughs> come on up. Don't tell no stories, sis. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise as they come. nastiest, gracious story, but I was telling Sister Kathy that we have a dog that I went and got. He didn't like, he didn't want it at first, but now he's attached to it, but craziest thing, this thing appeared on her head, and I thought it was a tick, and so I, I went to the vet to pick up some medicine, and I told him about it, and I said, I think it's a tick, but I can't get it off, and it looks weird, I don't know what it is, and she said, put Vaseline on it real heavy. And uh, I won't tell you what she said about the ticks when you put the Vaseline on them, but uh, put it on real heavy, and she wouldn't let me pick at it. She's a real high-energy dog. And uh, I did that and waited. It was Wednesday night. Waited till after church and got home, and that thing was standing up. So I knew whatever the Vaseline worked. So I got my tweezers and got five seconds of her being still, and I pulled it out. And it wasn't a tick, but I really couldn't tell what it was. I still wasn't sure when I got it out. So come to find out the next morning I Googled it, it was a flea is what I could tell it was. But it was, it laid this larva stuff on her fur, on her skin. It was really gross. And uh, I couldn't get that out either. So the next day I put that Vaseline stuff on that larva, which was really gross. And so it took me another day and a half to get that out. She's a pitiful dog. I mean, a dog's not going to be able to get that stuff off their scalp. I was thinking, you know, she's a dog. She can't see that. It's up there on her head where they really can't reach well. And if it hadn't been for me being OCD like I am and digging that stuff up and putting that stuff on it and, you know, working on it as long as I did, it took about two and a half days to get it out. And it just worried me so bad because I worried about her and what it would do to her skin or whatever. And I think, you know, it's kind of like us when we lift each other up and help each other because they can't help themselves. 
that's what the that's what children of God are supposed to do for one another. And I kind of relate that to when we pray for each other and we lift each other up and we work on each other. That's the same thing. And if we're doing that the way we're supposed to do, that's like, to me, I always think about growing down, not growing up. We have to grow down. We have to dig those roots down like that junk was on her head, as tight as it was to her scalp. That's what we need to do in, in God. We need to grow down first. Don't worry about being a prophet or an apostle or having a name. We need to grow down. We need to grow in that word and figure out what we're supposed to be doing for God. And that is working with one another, loving one another. And, you know, if we can just do that and continue to do that, we're going to see things like we saw today more and more and more. And this has been wonderful. This is what I saw in my life growing up. You know, our church was, you know, like our church now. But, man, it was wonderful. We saw services like we did today. This is what living for God is. This is what we live for. And I think, you know, the song I picked today is I Feel Like Traveling On. I think everybody knows it. This is what we keep pushing for, and this is what we're traveling for, and this is our goal while we're here. When we get on the other side, it's going to be worth it all. So I'm going to, I'm going to travel on, and I'm going to push, because sometimes we do have to push. But this is what it's about right here. So y'all help us, because we need some help. I think I have two.
praise the Lord. I feel like traveling on. Hallelujah. Let's let's stand up and travel around the church and do a meet and greet. Praise the Lord. Dismiss the children's church. It feels so good. Just be. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Glory. All right, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise while you make your way back to your seats. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you. All right, we're going to get started in a word. It's already a quarter, quarter after 12, and I need to get started if I'm going to get you all out at 3 o'clock. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's just wonderful to have the Spirit of God move in such a way. Amen. Glory to God. And what I'm going to be speaking about today is what we've already experienced in this um, worship service this morning. We are in, um, as I said last week, this whole period of time, we are in the, the Easter season. Next Sunday will be Palm Sunday. Um, that always amazes me. Uh, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, riding uh, that uh, donkey, the, uh, the people of the city were shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But some of those same people within a week's time were crying, crucify him. Amen. And that always amazed me uh, how people can uh, turn on a dime, so to speak, like that. But let's get into the word today. I'm going to be taking you to Luke, the 24th chapter. Welcome everybody watching by means of the live stream. Luke chapter 24, and I'm going to begin reading verse 13 and read down through verse 23. Hallelujah. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went uh, with them. But their eyes were restrained so they, could not, uh, they did not know, uh, know him. And he said unto them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk? And, um, and are sad. Then one whose name was Cleophas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there these days? And he said unto them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and the, our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping hmm, that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he wasn't alive. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, as we come today, we want to thank you for the privilege that we have to gather together one more time in this facility that you have provided and that we have dedicated for the worship of your name and the declaration of your word. We thank you, God, for those that was uplifted and touched already and healed early in the service. And now I'm asking God that you will speak to us through your word. Grant the spirit of revelation that we may have revelation knowledge. As we get into your word today, bless each and every one. Don't let a need leave here today without you touching it and supplying it. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. You can be seated. I want to speak to you today on the subject titled, Encounter on the Emmaus Road. Encounter on the Emmaus Road. If there's one thing that people in this world today, and a whole lot of people in a lot of different churches today need, is an encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen. When you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, you will never be the same. It will change you. Hallelujah. It will change everything about you. I think, I think Brother Randy had an encounter with him back there against that wall a while ago. Glory. He wasn't running around here like a man been having a hard time breathing, I'll tell you that. Lord. But sadly, a lot of people in a lot of different churches and denominations have never had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going what I'm going to do right now is I'm looking for you, Brother Chase, I'm going to tell you to just jump around and look and act like a chicken. Why did I say that? Well, I should be able to make him do it and get, get y'all to do about anything I want to uh, do because I watched a video yesterday and I sent it to Brother Chase about this one guy, a preacher in some church. I don't know what church it was, but he was really giving all Pentecostal people down the road. And the reason I asked him to act like a chicken because if I, he said all the leaders are doing uh, is hypnotizing the folks. So I guess I got y'all hypnotized. Or Ronnie does or somebody up here. Amen. He said, he said we are just simply demon possessed. The flesh side of me wants to get mad at this guy. But the spirit side of me makes me feel sorry for him. Because he needs an encounter with Jesus Christ. And church, 
this is not part of my message right now, really, but uh, I'm going to give it to you. I ain't going to charge you no extra, but uh, we're never going to get nowhere trying to argue with somebody or get upset with them, you know, or whatever, and do all those things because, I mean, it's not, it's not going to do, do no good. All we can do, number one, is pray for them. And number two, live a Christ life in front of them. Hallelujah. Because the world and the devil and everybody else has come along too late to tell me this is not real. Hallelujah. I know it's real. I've, I've seen too many things. I've had too many experiences in my life. I have seen I have seen women with gorders on their neck and in their throat as, um, as big as a baseball as people were praying that you could see the thing begin to shrink and they say swallow and they swallow and it's gone. I've seen, I've seen uh, uh, people, uh, children and, and different ones that had one leg shorter than the other and they'd put them up there. I, I was in service one night and set this, um, this girl in a chair and put um, and put another chair over there and put her feet up and you could tell and she had to have a, a shoe that was built up on one side and as they began to pray you could literally see that leg grow back out. I know this is real. And my heart aches for people who's never had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. People may have religion, but religion will not save you. Religion will not get you where you need to be. Hallelujah. Glory to God, you need to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's only through him that you can get to the Father. Hallelujah. And that's what we need to have. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In the final chapter of Luke's gospel that he wrote, we read this story about two disciples of Jesus. And they had left Jerusalem the day of the resurrection. It was later on in that, that afternoon, late afternoon. And they were going to a nearby village about seven miles away by the name of Emmaus. And they were heading that way. They were sad, they were depressed, and they didn't have an ounce of faith between the both of them. You see, rumors had spread because there was some women who went to the tomb of Jesus early that morning come back telling them all that he was not there and they seen angels um, and angels told them that he was uh, risen. They had heard that but they didn't believe it. They didn't have an ounce of faith between the two of them. And so I could just see it. I can, and try to picture this in your mind. Here they are just kind of slowly drudging down the old dirt road there seven miles from Jerusalem going uh, maybe back to uh, one of their homes. They had left 
the other disciples there um, in the city. And um, as they traveled, though, Jesus, he came up and joined them on their journey, started walking with them. And as he was walking with them, he said, why in the world are y'all so sad? Sometimes I think he looks down at me and you when we get all negative and we expect the worst out of every situation, and he's looking at you and saying, why are you talking like you're talking? Come on. Hasn't my word told you that I got more power than this? Haven't you seen that I've got more? Hallelujah, glory. Hallelujah. And Jesus came to him. He said, why are you so sad? And when they answered him, and they told them everything that had happened, Jesus began to expound the scriptures to them. And he went back through the Old Testament and all the prophets that, that, that spoke concerning him and what he was going to do, and everything just fell right in line. Amen, right uh, uh, in place. In fact, even though he was talking to them, and they was hearing him, Later on, after they realized who he was, they even admitted, said, Lord of mercy, this was Jesus all the time. Didn't our hearts burn within us? That's what some of y'all need today. You need to get your heart burning for God, my Lord. Lord, you need to get an encounter with him, amen, that that old heart will start burning. I ain't talking about heartburn either. Hallelujah. That is what we need. Now, there's a couple things I want to bring out about this today. And number one, and I want you to listen to me close because we all deal with this. But number one, circumstances can blind your eyes to Jesus. You may have believed and you know what's right but sometimes the junk that you go through in this world can blind your eyes to Jesus and you can't see him, and especially who he is. Mm. Circumstances can blind your eyes to Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard the voice of God and then turn around and doubt that you heard it? That's probably everybody here. Hallelujah. I know I have. I've heard God speaking to me, and then I let my flesh or the devil or something convince me otherwise. Mm. Hallelujah. And the reason why, the reason why that it happens like that is because even though we heard the voice of God and we know God's speaking, circumstances then come. Circumstances comes, amen, and, and, and things just don't, didn't work out like we thought it should work out. Hmm? That's the way these two disciples, that's exactly the way these two disciples, it was happening to them. They believed they had been with the Jesus for over three years and they've heard him teach, they've heard him Work those. I'm gonna tell you what. If I'd been standing there watching when he called Lazarus out of the tomb, I'd probably still be running. Hallelujah! 
They've seen all this. They've seen all this. But circumstances, mm. yes, God, I know you're talking to somebody. Mm. Circumstances that don't line up and things don't happen the way that you think they was going to happen or the way you expected them to happen. Glory to God. That's exactly what was happening to these two, two men. They told Jesus, listen to this now. They told Jesus, whom they didn't recognize as being Jesus at the time, they told Jesus that they had hoped past tense. They had hoped that Jesus was going to be the Redeemer. But evidently they wasn't hoping that no more because circumstances had happened the last three days. They had hope. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe God as much as you did a few years ago, a few months ago, a few weeks ago? Amen. Or is it because you've been hit like a freight, uh, like a freight train has hit you head on and, man, you've been jarred by life so much and things have been going this way and that way, amen, that you don't know what's going on, amen, that that's taken away from you? Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we had hoped, they told Jesus, that this, this one was going to be the one that was going to redeem us. But things didn't go as they thought because Jesus was dead and the Roman army was still in control of everything. So they had lost hope. One of the biggest issues that we have when it comes to receiving from God is that we always attempt to limit him to move according to our thinking, to our understanding, and to our design. Come on now. Hallelujah. That's one of the biggest hindrances that God, because you limit the power of God, hallelujah, because you want to place God in a box. You want God to move the way that you think it ought to happen. Come on. That's like I just, I still can't believe that we got religious people that was putting down what happened in Asbury College. Oh, oh, but man, them young people just didn't have all truth. They didn't know this. They never to flip with all that stuff. They was hungry from God. And God came on the scene because they was hungry. Hallelujah. I guarantee you, if I had an opportunity to go up there, I wouldn't be standing out there passing out a card saying, oh, you need, you need to come to my apostolic church. I'd be up there praying with them. I wouldn't be up there trying to promote some denomination. But God, I, listen, God's trying to tear down these walls that we built up anyway. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost all over me right now. Glory to God. So we always attempt to limit him to move according to the way we think and our understanding of it and even our design. And when circumstances don't go the way we thought or planned, we are left out on a limb not knowing where to go or turn. That's the way these two disciples was. They were out on a limb about as far as you could go. The greatest man... Born a woman, according to what Jesus said, had the same issue. John the Baptist, the prophet, 
already knew that Jesus was the Son of God. He didn't have no doubts. Amen. When he was out there doing his ministry, one day and he looks up and he saw Jesus coming. The Holy Ghost come upon him. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He had a revelation. He had a revelation. Amen. But circumstances caused him to lose sight of what God had revealed to him. Look at the Lamb of God. He's the one that's taken away the sin of the world. Yet when circumstances changed, the circumstances blinded his eyes for a moment to Jesus. He was put in prison. He was in jail. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 and 3. Let's read that. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Jesus, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? What? This bold man of God out in the wilderness drinking water out of the muddy Jordan River and eating grasshoppers. And the Holy Ghost hit him. Look at there he is. Here he comes. The one I've been called to mm, pave the way for. There he is. He's going to do it. He's the one that I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie his sandals. Hallelujah. But circumstances changed. He got to preaching a little too hard for, for an old king by the name of Herod. Mostly it was his wife that he had illegal, by the way. And John told him, he said, it ain't lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Mm. Wound up in prison. Prison wasn't, back then wouldn't like it is today. Did you know back in those times, if you didn't have some family members or friends that thought enough about you to bring you something to eat every day, you'd starve in prison because they didn't feed you. Did you ever read that about the history? I mean, the best you could get is just some water and uh, a stale day old bread unless somebody would bring you something. So John had been in prison for a while. But even in prison, he had heard about everything that Jesus was doing and, and the mighty miracles and everything that was going on. So he sent two of his disciples to go to Jesus. And this is the question he asked. Are you the one? See, things was dark and dingy in that old jail. Had an old terrible smell about it. It wasn't quite like it was when it was on the banks of the Jordan River having a ministry and baptizing people by the hundreds. Amen. Everything just going good. Amen. And just, I mean, God just blessing his ministry. But now he's not preaching no more. He's not doing anything. And he's stuck in that old jail. His circumstances changed. And it, it blinded him to who Jesus was. 
even according to what Jesus said, he's the greatest man ever born of woman. That's what Jesus said. Amen. It blinded him. Church, don't let circumstances blind you to Jesus. Hold on to your faith. Keep trusting in him. While John the Baptist was a great man, he was not a perfect man. He had his weak moments as we all do. We must remember this was the, listen, this was the worst moment in John's whole life. This was the worst thing that ever happened to him. And it wasn't that he wasn't, it wasn't that he was, wasn't ready to die. I don't think John was scared of dying. But I honestly do believe it was his concern that of his failure in, hey, if this guy out there doing all this stuff, if he's not the one, then I'm, gonna, I'm stuck in this jail and I'm going to die without fulfilling what I've been called to do. Oh, my. So he needed to know. He needed to know because this circumstance was causing him to doubt. Let me move on quickly to the second point. And this is strong right here. Never let what you see kill what you know. Never let what you see right around you, right in front of you. Don't let that kill what you know. The two disciples were all out of sorts over the things that they had seen the past three days. They saw Jesus arrested. They saw him tried. They saw the purple robe put upon him, the thorn uh, the crown of, of thorns. They saw them drive the nails in his hands and his feet. They saw him be taken down from the cross, lifeless, bloody, and cold. They saw him being taken to the tomb, laid in there. And they saw the Romans roll that big heavy stone over the mouth of the tomb. That's what they saw. Mm -hmm. But what about what they knew? John chapter 16, verses 20 and 22. Most assuredly, now this is Jesus talking a few weeks before he was crucified few weeks before he was crucified. He said, most assuredly I say to you, now the you, he was talking to his disciples, and these two were, were two of the, of the group. I say unto you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. <laughs> A woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, 
You now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. Somebody ought to praise God right there. Woo, my, 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 my. Cleophas was one of their names. They don't give the names of them, but Cleophas and his, his sidekick there, they saw all those things going on around them. But down deep inside, they knew something greater than what they saw. Do you hear what I'm saying right now? Don't let what you see in your life kill what you know because circumstances will do that. There will be times that you're going to see this bad thing, that bad thing, everything, your whole world falling apart. But hold on to what you know. Hold on to what you know. Pray to God to bring it back to you. Remember, it says, oh, God, what that, that little short fat preacher tell me that day? Hallelujah. Remind me. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't let what you see kill what you know. Now, they had heard all that stuff, and Jesus, he was trying to tell all his disciples the same thing right up until the point in time that it happened. But how many knows there's a big difference in hearing something and listening to something? I mean, just ask, just ask any woman that's married to a man, she'll tell you that hearing something and listening to something is two, two different things. <laughs> I figured I'd get an amen from you. Hallelujah. Forgive me, Brother Randy. Forgive me. <laughs> But they had, they had heard all these words of Jesus. I mean, he didn't leave anything out. They may have heard it, but they wouldn't listen. It was just like that. Amen. And folks, do you know, listen to me, let me get just one-on-one with you right now. Do you know it's not God's perfect will for everything you hear from Him to have to come out of my mouth? Do you know God desires to talk to you one-on-one? God wants to have have, mm, a conversation with you on that dreadful Mondays. Hmm? And pastor's not there. Guess what? Pastor don't have to be there. God wants to have an encounter with you. And everybody in here that's Holy Ghost filled, you got the same opportunity as I do. Hey, I don't have a monopoly on hearing from God. Amen. Matter of fact, God wouldn't have to use me as much if some of you would let him use you more. Hello, somebody. Amen. So sometimes we can hear things, but we're not listening to what we are hearing. Once you realize, and I'm I'm winding it down, once you realize that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, 
you can walk in confidence knowing that he's always got a plan. Hallelujah. Amen. No matter what you come up against, know what you have to do. God is all. God said, he, didn't he say in Jeremiah, he said, I know the plans I have for you. And his plans to prosper you, not to hurt you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. God's got a plan, and he never has a plan B. I used to wind up with a plan C, D, E, F, all the way down to Z. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God don't never has a, even a plan B. Glory to his name. And that plan will never be thwarted by anything that might be against you right now. Keep a steadfast heart. And even when you get bad news, even when you get bad news, it won't affect you. Final scripture, Psalms 112, verses 5 and 8. A good man. Now, we can, we can put, I had a woman in there too. We'll just make it neuter and we'll just say person. A good person deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. See that? There's no reason for you to be afraid when you get bad news. Maybe God's having me to preach this today because there might be some of us this coming week, we might get some bad news. I hope not. But if you do, if you know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. It don't matter what the devil tries to show you and what you see. It will, uh, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart, why? His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Amen. Just exactly like Sister Darlene made a comment years ago when she had that growth, amen, in her lung. And I knew something was wrong. We, we, we made a vacation trip to Florida, uh, St. Augustine. Matter of fact, I think that was the last family trip we had together when all the family was together before everybody started leaving home. And we were in uh, the light, a lighthouse down there. Now, this is before I even thought about losing any weight, a lot bigger than what I am right now. But I was going right on up that steps of the lighthouse, and I turned around and looked, and she was way back down there. And, and she was a whole lot smaller than she is right now. But yet, and we could go anywhere, and I could go, and I knew. Hey, looking at me and looking at her, something wrong here. She shouldn't be winded like that. Well, come to find out, she had a had a growth. 
and uh, everybody, most everybody knows the testimony. I mean, it was given up to old church years ago, but she went in to um, have the CAT scan done and all and all of that. But the bad news, the evil report that the doctors gave her that she'd got something growing in there that shouldn't be in there, this was showed how steadfast she was in trusting God. She said, I'm a winner either way. I'm a winner either way. If God heals me, or if I go on, I can't be defeated. That's the kind of faith that causes when you get an evil report, the doctor comes back out to talk to me sitting in the waiting room. I said, man, that's quick. Oh, we decided not to get the biopsy because it looked like it shrunk a little bit. We're going to give it another 30 days. I think it's 30 days. What, 30 days? And uh, so we left. We came back later. And uh, they told me about how long it would be, you know, to get the, get the biopsy. And they finally, she, hadn't been, she hadn't been back there 15 minutes. Here he comes again. Uh, Mr. Pruitt, y- y'all do the biopsy? No, we ain't got nothing to biopsy. Everybody stand. Don't let what you see kill what you know because every one of us here knows how big God is. And stop talking about how big your problem is and start talking about how big your God is. Glory to God. Woo, I feel victory right now. I think somebody ought to do some rejoicing and somebody just ought to praise God and thank God because, listen, folks, if you trust God and believe God, there ain't no way you can lose. Mm. Glory to God. I'm not going to sing no slow, sad songs for the altar call. I'm just going to rejoice right now. I feel a rejoicing spirit. Well, put your hand and in the hand of the man who stood the waters. Put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the sea. Take a look at yourself. reached the age of seven and when I'm down on my knees it's when I get close to heaven
put your hand in the hand of man who steals the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the sea. Take a look at yourself. You can look at others differently. Somebody get the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Well, if my good singing ain't got you rejoicing, this ought to, we're fixing to have a baptizing. And I got a message from uh, Brother Chase the other night, and uh, they've been working with Mason on repentance and baptism, and uh, um, Kitsy told me they've been going over it in Sunday school class too when he was there, but anyway, he watched a, a video about it, and he told him, said he was ready to get baptized. So, he messaged me, asked his heart if he could baptize him today. I said, that's great, and that's fine. Uh, I said, just make sure, talk to him, make sure he knows what he's doing. And they did, and he said he's, he is ready. So we're going to let them uh, get ready for the baptizing right now. Ron and some of these moved this uh, uh, Bible stand out of the way, and we're going to continue to rejoice just a little bit. Hallelujah. Yes, put your hand in the hand of the man, stew the water. Stick from me, I'm putting your hand in the 
give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Amen. Everybody can be seated. We'll just take them a few minutes and we'll thank you, Lord. When, when Mason was barely one years old, we had him dedicated at a, um, I know it doesn't matter, but at a seven-day church. And um, after that, the Lord began to start dealing with me. And um, let's just say the Lord began to pursue me after he was baptized. I was baptized at eight years old, but through baptized, you come to the Lord and ask you to see the Holy Ghost. Through baptized, but Mason 
after we got dedicated, about, I would say, three or four years ago, the Lord comes to me, and he told me that he had called people. You were talking about hearing from the Lord yourself. Well, I actually have a word in my journal, and I'm just going to paraphrase that he called him his son, and that he has called him, and he will come, and he will follow me. And many will surrender to him because they will see his obedience and dedication to me. I would love to read that to y'all some other time, but for, for the sake I wanted to paraphrase. But he has, the Lord has called him, and I just wanted to share that. He had to deal with me so that he could, you know, have his way with him. <laughs> we, we are faithful, and we, we honor the Spirit of the Lord. You know, the Bible says in Zechariah 4, 6, that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And so the Spirit has to draw you to a point of conviction, to a point of repentance and realizing that you need God, that you need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. And so we, we sat down and we talked to Mason, and Mason understands what this means. Um, he understands that, that he's going down and that, and, that, and that God is washing his sins away, and he's coming up brand new. And so he, he has given his life to the Lord, and, uh, and so we are so happy and so thankful um, for this occasion. I have one more thing to share. I want to I want to paint a picture for y'all so y'all know where Mason is at mentally. The other day, he, as Pastor said, he was watching on a kids' tree that's called How We Get to Heaven. And at the very end, this minister that comes to this elementary school, he begins to um, say, you know, you all have the opportunity to see Jesus for yourself. And at the end of the video, Mason looked over me and he said, Mommy, I think I want to see him. So I get my knees, get beside him on the couch, and begin to pray with him. And next thing I know, after a friend, he says, Mommy, I feel something in my spirit. I said, that's Jesus. I said, that's Jesus, baby. He said, and he started to weep, you guys. I'm talking about full tears, full repentance. It was beautiful. So I just wanted to share that with you guys so you know where he's at right now before he goes under here and comes out a new creation. Mason understands that he needs Jesus, and he understands that Jesus, as we say in our house, Jesus is king. Yeah. We simplify it. It is a blunt statement, but it's a bold statement. He is the king of kings, and we know that we need him, and there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, but by the name of Jesus. Amen. And so upon confession of his faith in Jesus Christ, we now baptize him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. I've been baptized in the name I've been baptized in the name. I've been baptized in the name of the Lord. I've been baptized in the name. I've been baptized in the name. I've been baptized in the name of the Lord. Well, Jesus is the name. Jesus is the name of the Lord. Well, how I love. 